grab me a beer and grab him a coke. We bout to sit for an hour bullshit and tell jokes. And please don't mix it up, cause he done sobered up. Brandon T. Comedy on your social media feeds. And Brandon says, see if it's your ex drinking buddy. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of Brennan Tassif is your ex drinking buddy. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif. If you're new to the show, quick rundown of the show. I used to be everyone's favorite drinking buddy. It was my favorite thing to do. Hang out with friends, get drunk, do drugs, get in all sorts of trouble, reminisce about crazy old stories. I am sober now, but that is still one of my favorite things to do. Hang out with friends and talk shit, talk shop, and just reminisce about the good old days. Most weeks I will be joined by a guest. This week is no exception. New York City comedian, podcaster, overall great guy, Steven Rogers. Hey, man. (laughs) Thanks for having me. What's up, man? Uh, not much. How are you? I'm fantastic. That's Thank great. you so much for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. I uh, so How long have you been sober? Uh, four years next month. Wow. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. That's I appreciate awesome. it. I want to, uh, because we are here for a reason, yes. tell everybody about the album. Album coming out? I got an album coming out. It's my first album. Uh, it's called uh, Before <laughs> He Was Super. Uh, if you, yeah, it makes me feel good when the, uh, the title works, but, uh, yeah, check it out. It's going to be uh pre-order is, uh, now, right? April 8th when this yeah. comes out and, uh, comes out May 6th. It will also be on YouTube. So, uh, just follow me on uh, social media, Steven Rogers comedy on Instagram and all the other stuff. And, uh, it's, uh, it's good. It's, it's good. So please, for the love of God, uh, get it. And pre-order, if you get pre-order, it helps the algorithm So when it comes out. So, it's the algorithm, man. Yeah, it's, it's all about the algorithm. algorithm. Yeah. Tell everybody about your podcast, too. And then just plug any dates or anything like that you oh, got Oh, sure, up. yeah. Uh, I have a really fun podcast called Panic Attacking. It's uh, with my buddy, Andrew Chavone, who's a wonderful comedian. Uh, we just talk about what made us anxious that week and uh, just make fun of the stuff that made us anxious, make fun of each other, and uh, we take listener submissions of anxiety and give non non professional advice and non medical uh, advice yeah and riff uh about said anxieties and uh i'm going to be uh in LA all most of april and Woo! yeah and then uh I'll, i'm uh touring with Brian Regan so uh just check my website wait 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 the Brian the Regan? Brian Regan there we go and uh uh, I'm doing some uh, headlining stuff in May at uh, Go Bananas in Cincinnati. Beautiful. Uh, so, yeah, please just check out my website, stevenrogerscomedy.com. Perfect. Well, I'm so happy to have you on. Thanks for having me. We wanted, yeah, I definitely wanted, we did a show together. It was my second book show ever in New York City. That's right. So, yeah. it's funny because that actually means, like, the people I was on the show with, I remember because I was like, this was the second show I ever did in New yeah. York. It's so much, like, book show. It's so much fun. Right. And everyone else is like, we do, like, six shows a night, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember that show be- for a couple reasons. <laughs> One being that it w- I remember you telling me that night that you just moved in. Were you moving in that week? No, no, no. I had been there for a, a couple of months at that point. Like, okay. two or three months, maybe. I just remember you were new to the city. Yeah. And then uh, the other thing I remember is that right before I went on stage, they gave everyone in the audience shots. Yeah. They gave everyone in the audience jello shots. And I was like, there is no way 
I can follow the excitement this audience just experienced when I when I saw their eyes for Light Jello shots. Yeah, I was like, "There's nothing I can do that can follow this." <laughs> that show was interesting because I invited my cousin, uh, lover to death, Rachel. Shout out Rachel, but uh, she's like been in New York for years, and right. she's very personable. She's she's a, just a great overall person. So she yeah. has so many friends, right? Like so many friends. Yeah, like she tells me about how many people like they're gonna invite to the wedding. I'm like, I don't even know them, <laughs> and um. So she brought like 20 people to the show. Wow. She basically sold the whole show out. Wow. And then she came up to me, like, I think when Espy was up, like one or two comics in, she came up to me. She goes, hey, I only brought a very small portion of my very close friends Mm because I didn't want to overwhelm you. Wow. And I was like, well, first of all, you're coming to anything I ever get booked on. Yeah, yeah. Second of all... It was interesting because I got up there and they're all her friends. So they're all, yeah. you know, in their 20s, you know, very attractive, like, right. you know, young women. And I was like, oh, my material might not work for this room. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Talking about cutting my face open and like oh, yeah. bruising hard and they're all looking at me like side eyed. And yeah. then they did shots and then you went up and I was like, oh, I totally just destroyed this for Steven. I mean, I, uh, I think my comedy destroyed it for myself. I mean, <laughs> I did well, but it's like there, there is uh, very little. I am not a party com- like my set is not a party night yeah. comedy set. Uh, it's funny, but it's hard to follow ju- shots. shots. When I, I'm like, man, I get nervous, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's a weird. Man, like, anybody else here have anxiety? Yeah, I love coffee. Who else? Oh, you guys are on something else. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to learn a little bit more about you. So you're not originally from New York. I'm from the state. I'm from Syracuse, okay. New York, uh, which is upstate New York, center of the state. It's two hours from everywhere. Uh, and uh, yeah, I grew up there, started there, moved to New York City around 2017. Okay, so when did you... Um, so many questions. When did you yeah. start doing comedy? 2013, January okay. 10th. And ha- oh wow, you know mm-hmm. it. Did yeah. you um Now I've talked about this before on the show. We've had so many different people on. Some people who literally were just like, "Oh, everyone told me I was funny, so I tried it." Right. Some people who were like me who've been watching like Mitch Hedberg since you were, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 years yeah. old. I tell people all the time that original Dane Cook Harmful of Swallowed was the mm. reason I got into I was like, "I want to do that." Yeah. And so for you, did you, or like people who just like Seinfeld and like the show and like mm-hmm. comedy, like acting and stuff. And so they decided maybe an avenue would be through stand up. How did you get hit with the stand up? I'm the same as you. Okay. Uh, I saw it. I saw Wendy Liebman's, com- no, uh, HBO Half Hour. Okay. That's the one that stood out for me. And I remember my parents watching that, or, you know, I remember. Th- I don't remember who was on TV. I remember when I saw Wendy, I was like, I want to do this. But I remember also seeing my parents watch stand up and being like, oh, this is like, this person's killing so hard, it's affecting this room as well as the room they're in oh, when yeah. this was recorded. Yeah. I was like, this is a powerful thing. And it's funny. And I like that. And I became a nerd. Jim Carrey movies were a big thing yep. uh, for me. And then uh, Dangerfield. Everybody loves Raymond. Like, I was a big Ray Romano guy. Ellen's uh, HBO hours got me through high school. Uh, And then late night sets. A lot of Letterman sets. Yeah. A lot of old Carson sets. 
I became obsessed with those, and then I became obsessed with late night stand up. And you have done. I've been lucky late enough to do it. Up. And uh, was it? Tell me about that, because well, for the listeners, we'll go back. I try to do chronological. Sure. Talk about the guests, and then we kind of get into the stories, but. This is always I love having people on who appreciate not only appreciate and love stand up, but then yeah. have also it's kind of dovetailed. Like I used to watch that, now I do that. Yes. Which is what I've talked about with the podcast. Yeah. Like it was, you know, your mom's house and after of disaster course. and a couple of podcasts that helped me get through college. Like yeah. especially when my drinking got real bad and stuff. Those were people I could always turn to and they were there every week. And now I do a podcast right. for people. Yeah. And so it's so crazy to think about. It's the same thing with stand up, but for you to be almost obsessed with like the late night spots and mm-hmm. then to get one, what was that like? I mean, I, I mean, uh, a very emotional experience. Were you like taking pictures of every? Because I couldn't imagine. Like, I'd be. I uh, he will get a kick out of this because I know he's listening. My father uh, was backstage, and I knew I wouldn't have to take any pictures because my dad <laughs> takes pictures. Of everything, he's probably taking a picture of this podcast somehow. <laughs> right now, yeah. <laughs> so, honey, give me your phone. I got to take a picture yeah, of me listening. Yeah, I love my parents to death. My my mom, I my parents were supportive from day one. Okay, and uh, super supportive. Went to all my shows in Syracuse and stuff. So I I was like, you're coming down for this late night. It's as much yours as it is mine because you guys were so helpful. Uh, and my mom likes watching the crowd when I'm on stage. She okay. gets a real thrill out of seeing the strangers laugh. So I put her in the audience and my dad backstage because my dad was a big comedy nerd. Mm-hmm. So I was like, this is great. Everybody gets this experience what they want or, or what they love out of this. And then uh, I had a couple comedy friends backstage, uh, Peter Wong, Tobin Miller, and Andrew Chavone, who I do the pod with. And I, uh, it was a real fun hang. And uh, it didn't hit me that I was doing it until they they have the monitors back backstage and they pan they move the camera around to like you know show prep or whatever. Yeah. And at one point they pan to the crowd and it's just full. Like it, I get there and there's nobody there. Yeah, and, and, and then, then you're backstage and you don't, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden it's full and that's when I was like, holy crap! And I'm wearing the suit and everything. It was cool. And then uh, the real fun experience that gives me gave me chills, still gives me chills, is that what you do is you stand backstage and there's a stagehand who's got their hand on your back. And then all of a sudden, they just push you. And you go out. And that's it. And then you're out there. God. It's, uh... it's like skydiving. I've never done that, but I was... <laughs> I would assume it's like that. Yeah. Um, well, let's uh, let's talk about how you ended up there and now, uh, you know, moving forward, touring sure. with Brian and now the album's coming out and everything. So when you started doing stand-up, you started in Syracuse. Were you just doing open mics or yeah. how did – is that – because I've heard several di- – I've heard people take the class. I've heard people go yeah. to open mics. I heard people like, oh, I knew some people who ran a show, so they just put me on it. Like there's so many different avenues to start. So you just started the old-fashioned way, open mics. I – uh, kept putting it off. Yeah, I knew I wanted to do this since I was a little kid. I would talk about it, and my I did one open mic and changed all my handles to Brennan T Comedy, and then uh, didn't do another set for like a year. That's that's funny. <laughs> so There's I so many people... I know the understanding of like no, I am gonna do this yeah. eventually, and thank God I did because yeah. now it's super convenient. Yes, yeah, thank God you still have that handle. <laughs> uh, 
but uh, I remember talking about it, all this stuff, and and is this uh, in high school? Earlier, earlier, okay. But at one point, we were getting closer to me graduating, and yeah. my, and I'm still talking about it. And my parents were supportive, but my dad, I remember my both my mom and my dad around graduation, going going uh. You should do it at the graduation party. You should do some stand up. And I was like, I don't know. And my I remember my dad saying, If you're not gonna do it in front of your family, I don't know who you're gonna do it in front of. Yeah. And I remember being like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. It was starting to be real. And then I did it at the graduation party. It did and you've been I've, writing this whole time for years. Writing, I, I but been. you know, don't really know how good it was because yeah. I wasn't doing the other half of it, <laughs> which is getting up. Just but, notebooks full of stuff. Yeah, you know, but I think that's a lot of people's beginnings. And uh, then I did my graduation party. I only remember one joke, which I thought was funny, was uh, I'm glad you're all he- here. As you know, I'm trying to be a stand-up comedian, so I will be asking you all for money again. <laughs> and now... So I was like, okay, I can't. I remember getting a laugh and being like, okay, and then uh, tried mics, but I wouldn't even call that attempts at stand up. It was clearly just to get used to uh, bombing in front of strangers and yeah. talking in front of them. And then uh, the Syracuse Funny Bone opened, and they were doing ads for like guest spots for local people, and I submitted. And, and when was this? Uh, 2013. Okay. And then January 10th, they booked me for a guest spot and oh, yeah. I did it and it went well. And then a local headliner was in the audience checking out the club and he was like, Hey, you're like good. I know you're new and you're green. Would love to show you the, the ropes, you know, come with me to, I got a show. You can do a guest spot kind of thing. Uh, Nick Mara, really funny comic out of Syracuse. And then that kind of just got the ball rolling. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. a um when I came back, so I started in 09 and then took a break, obviously, arrests and booze and drugs mm-hmm. and stuff. And then when I finally came back in and got sober in 2018, I came back in. Same thing. One of the uh, local headliners, Marcus Crespo, friend of the show, one of my mm-hmm. best friends in the world. He's been on like three or four times. He was like, all right, like you're doing it. Yeah. Like, you're back. Yeah. And he had already known me prior, yeah. but then he saw me and he saw how dedicated I was and how much I kind of had turned my life around. So he goes, all right, we're going. Nice. And then he just took me under his wing and I just started featuring for him way before I should have. Because yeah. you take three or four years off, it's not. It's like riding a bike, right. only if you have to do that every single day to yeah. maintain the bike riding. I think outside of major scenes you get everything before you're ready because there's not a lot of there's not a lot to go yeah there's not not a lot of fish in the pond which works out you i think my uh growth came a lot from getting some getting stuff and having having to rise to the occasion yeah uh the first time i opened for brian regan i wasn't doing 20 minutes all the time definitely not in front of theater crowds (laughs) So Wait, you were doing 20 minutes in front yeah, of 2,500 people? Right, exactly. And uh, that made me rise to the occasion. Like, I I, ha- I have to do this well. And uh, obviously other people believe in you because that's why they gave you the spot. But yeah. Well, I talked yeah. about this with uh, LA comic uh, Katrina Davis. She mm-hmm. was just on the podcast last week. And we talked about it all the time. Getting booked the first time for something isn't that difficult. Mm-hmm. It's getting asked back. I think people don't think about that enough. Yeah. 
and uh, like people fight tooth and nail to get on a on a show, and it's like, uh, well, I wouldn't say a show like a a spot in a in a, a scene, but like on the road, people fight to get in a club to headline or something, and it's like, well, can you headline there twice? Yeah. Because that's are you going to get called back the next year? Yeah. Are you going to be on the yeah. rotation of and regular? I think comedians? that's way more important than being like headline this club. And it's like, yeah, I do. You want to be in the rotation? Yeah, that you headline the club once yeah. because you asked for a favor from a friend who is right. in the rotation, right? And then you shit the bed, and now all of a sudden it's yeah. So I think uh, impatient. I'm a very impatient person, but I think that's yeah. a big part. Of- well, I'm I'm the same way. I'm. I'm very much, especially obviously with my history, very instant gratification. Sure. Like I I was in New York for three months and I was like, why am I not passed anywhere? <laughs> I did my first, yeah. I think I, I'm all 100% sure I've talked about it on the show, but when I did my first audition to get into a club, it's not even a very good club, Yeah. but I did the audition and then I get the call back and the guy gave me a lot of good advice. Yeah. Some of it was kind of like, eh, but mm-hmm. it was one of those situations where the, one of the first things he said was, oh, so you're a storyteller. And mm. I was like, yeah, I am. Like, thank yeah. you for noticing. Like, that's I take a lot of pride in that. And he goes, that's not a compliment. He uh. was like, in New York, you got to bang, 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 bang. And I was just like, what the fuck? It's, I've been doing yeah. this for a decade. Like, what yeah. are you talking about? But it's just one of those things. Like you said, it's <clears throat> it's not only getting in the door, but it's getting in the door and then being asked back and rising to the to the occasion, whatever yeah. it is, you know. What's the old saying? You, you jump and hope to God you can fly. Yeah, yeah. And so you've experienced all sorts of success, obviously, with the album and the podcast and, you know, featuring for Brian and then the late night spot. Mm-hmm. You also I find this fascinating because as someone who also suffers with horrific anxiety. Yeah. How does that play out? Because you said you're impatient. So yeah, and I, I'm, I'm built similarly. Like I, right. I want everything now, but I'm also too anxious to ask for stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those weird, you know, double-edged swords. So for you, like with having the kind of anxiety and stuff that you have, have have you found that it's made it more difficult or has it actually worked in your favor because you get stuff done quickly and you're like, all right, I'll get it. Right. I'd say both. <clears throat> the positives are uh, I'm afraid that I'm not good enough, so I work really hard. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid of silence so my set is filled with punchlines uh and uh i'm you know fear is a powerful motivator so i i think it makes me work hard and and be a better comic i'm not saying my anxiety is why i'm funny i'm saying it certainly helps me work uh towards getting better yeah also the drive and desires, but that's a big part of it. Yeah, I tell people all the time, the level of anxiety that I have, and I'm sure you have too, it can be, it's almost like a superpower. Like it can, it can be, be. for sure. It, if you use it the right way, yeah. like people will see me throw up before a show and they go, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> and I go, no, I, I, I care this much about doing well yeah, at yeah. this show. And I'm lighter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, lost uh, a little baby <laughs> weight. I'm spelt right now. And the, the negatives, which... I we were talking about this outside. Uh, I feel like an outsider. Uh, I feel uh, like everyone thinks I stink, so I don't reach out. Yeah, but I fight that. I go against against. There's a thing called opposite action, 
your brain's telling you to do one thing. It's actually the opposite that will make you feel better. In certain cases, not every single uh, situation. This one being, I shouldn't reach out. I should wait till they reach out to me because that will be the sign that I'm good enough. Well, it's like, no, I'm going to reach out. And then, because uh, uh, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, uh, I can't sit around and wait for spots to come because that's, uh, to me, the anxiety is saying, well, you're being lazy. Yeah. That's my anxiety of being a lazy person. Because there's a lot of people in comedy, because it's not a structured job, that uh, go, okay, I'll just sit around and, and wait for some spots to come in. It's like, no, I got I to gotta fight for them. You got to do the work. Got to do the work. So I, even though I'm afraid of an answer of, uh, yeah, never, ever, ever, ever will you be on this. Uh, I still reach out. In my head, that's <clears throat> that's the, the main answer that plays in my head yes. constantly. But then the more you rejection, the more rejections you get, the less scary they are. Yeah, the less me. it hurts. Yeah, for sure. Um, but so- yeah. When you graduated, did you go to college or did you decide to move right into... I went into... to community college thinking that you needed something. Uh, in hindsight, I should have just... I think I was delaying uh, stand-up. But I I started when I was 20, so I didn't wait too long. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't really go to college. I went to community college. Com- uh, communications... Uh, degree, which is funny because I. Uh, oh, so you actually went, went. <clears throat> you didn't go for like a semester and be like, oh, never mind. No, I, I, I got the degree. Uh, I, I thought, well, communications will. I would it went into it going, well, there'll be stuff that maybe will help me with stand up. Yeah, and maybe did it, you get it a, a bachelor's or an associate's? I think associates. Yeah, the two year. The little that's how little I know what or use what I <laughs> I'm like I think it's associates whatever the two year one is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't use it or anything. <laughs> yeah, I would assume. <laughs> so then you you moved to the big city. You said in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was it like going from Syracuse and like a smaller market and that whole thing into into coming into New York? I called home the first week and was like, "I'm coming back." Yeah, me too. And uh, and my parents were, my parents. I I mean, I truly can't uh, vouch vouch. I you know, so guys, book my parents. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I can't say enough how much they helped. And I know that's their job that they're being good parents, but yeah. it was like they were. The re there, I owe so much to them. They were like, no, because at that time I was opening for Brian. I, oh, you were. I I started opening for Brian while I still lived in Syracuse. Oh, I still how worked, did that happen? I still worked at a grocery store, and uh, oh, I didn't see that coming. No, as Derek Gaines says, plot twist. <laughs> Brian saw me at a festival, and oh, so you were. I don't mean to interrupt, but you were doing. The full fledged like comedy thing in Syracuse. Mm-hmm. You weren't like half ass and like doing I was on the mics road. here and there. Okay, I was featuring at Funny Bones on the road and maybe uh, hilarities in Cleveland. A couple of clubs, like Rocky Laporte, who's hilarious, saw me and he was uh, having me open for him. Rob Little, I would open for him. 
and uh, Nick Mara would take me around. So you met all these people through Syracuse? Through Syracuse. The funny bone in Syracuse? Or Buffalo or Albany. I was fighting tooth and nail to get whatever I could. I would, oh, wow. Yeah, I would drive two hours to Buffalo, two hours to Albany, an hour and a half to Rochester to get up. This, okay, this totally changes the dynamic. <laughs> well, because honestly, I thought we were talking about, because I've had so many people on the show where they're like, yeah, you know, I was doing open mics and I was, you know, doing shows no, and yeah. like in my local scene. And I like me, like yeah. I'd go from Jacksonville to Savannah to Atlanta oh, and like yeah, do that, yeah. you know, do that whole thing. I did that too. Like I right. feature for Marcus, which I love, and like a few of the other headliners in the Southeast, but I wasn't featuring for like theater shows. Right. But you were in Syracuse and you were like, oh no, like I'm doing this. Whether it's in Syracuse, doesn't matter. Like I'm doing this. I was pretty I might have been annoying. I would ask any comics I could get a uh I I knew people or would reach out to people and be like, what do I need to know about yeah. doing this? And and a lot of what I would hear is, uh, you got to get up every night. Well, once a week's not enough. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that means driving. Yeah. Because uh, Syracuse, you, we could get up twice a week. If you hosted the club, you could get up seven times a week. But that was it within four days. Yeah. So I was like, well, I got to host my local club as much as possible. And I got to get out on the road. And I would drive my sometimes with my family, drive to Buffalo, drive to whatever. I remember, I remember how much of a big deal it was when I think I did Bethel, Pennsylvania. It was right on the other side of the border of uh, of New York and Pennsylvania. And I was like, oh, I'm now doing other states. Yeah. Like chasing that. And uh, same thing when I went to Georgia. I could say nationally oh, yeah. touring. To yep. And, uh, I did a festival in Jamestown, New York, which is where the album was recorded. Same room. Uh, Brian was in that room watching the show. Saw me month. Came up to me, said, "Great job." And we. What, what, what's going through your mind when Brian Regan comes up? And says, I unfortunately knew he was in the audience as I took the stage. I heard he was coming, and I was hoping he would not be there while I was on stage. Yeah. Because I did not want to find out if he thought I was funny. Yeah. That's that's a terrible yeah. fear to face. Then I saw him come in as I was hitting the stage. Like, I, he comes, he and I are doing the same walking. He's walking to sit down, and I'm walking on the stage. Oh, no. And, and uh... Did you panic? I did, but nobody knew. Because everybody came up to me after and went, thank God you didn't know he was here. And I was like, well, I didn't show. Actually. Yeah. So um, my set was all over the place, but nobody knew that but me. Yeah. Because, you know, usually your jokes connect and mine were all over the place, but no one. I get so frustrated because I can do a stream of content. Like, you know, it's it's all together. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes, like you said, you get up there and they'll be disjointed and disconnected. And you're like, that sucked. And everyone's like, great job. And it's like, no, you don't understand. It's supposed to be a through line all the way through the set. Nobody knew. And it worked out. He said, great job. And I, you know, uh, just stammered and was uh, like, uh, yeah. And then a month later, uh, his manager reached out. I was at my gro- the grocery store I worked at when I got the call to open for him. And did you did you have any representation at this time? No, no. no. I had a manager at the store. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then. So you just uh, get a call on your cell phone? Yeah. And you're like, hey, what's up? Like, there was this a so and so. I represent Brian Regan. He'd like yep. you to. Oh, my God. And then I started, I was opening for him for a year. You and quit, obviously, you quit two, the grocery store. I kept working there. What? I would, I would obviously take time off to travel to Seattle to open for Brian, but I would come back and work this grocery store because I'm a worker. I, you know, I, 
I can't sit still. And I come from a, a, a family of we work. Yeah. And then uh, I got uh, enough money saved up from opening for Brian. And and then I was like, I'm going to I'm going to take the leap. And Eric Aspira, really funny comedian uh, from with ties to upstate, reached out and said, I have a room available. And that's when I was like, let's do it. Yeah. And then when you yeah. came to the city, were you like, I'm just going to do comedy full time? Or did yep. you get a job here? I did a temp thing one time. Okay. And I was like, nah, I'm done. You're just focused on comedy. I'm here to I'm here to be a stand up comedian. Yeah. Let's uh, let's do it. That's something that I have trouble with um, because I work in the service industry. Mm-hmm. I work in a really nice <clears throat> restaurant. And it's one of those things where I moved to New York for comedy. Mm-hmm. And there's so many times where my coworkers would be like, dude, you can make dumb money if you just worked five or six days a week. Like they want, they, like my managers right. asked to schedule me. And it's like, that's not why. If I wanted to wait tables full time, I would have stayed in Florida. Right. Where I could do whatever shows I wanted and I didn't have to pay state income tax. Right. Right. Or city or borough or county, like yeah. any of those taxes. Yeah. So it's it's one of those things where when we got up here, I had to get a job just to kind of maintain. Um, but it's been difficult because, you know, you try to be the best at whatever you're doing. And then right. I'm pretty good at my job. So they want to schedule me more. But of it's course. like I moved up here for comedy. But it's like I also like having all my bills paid and not yeah. having to worry about anything. So it becomes this whole thing. Where it turns into this, you know, uh, what is it? The gift of the Magi, where it's like, I want to work to maintain life in New York, but I moved to New York for comedy. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you got to pick one or the other. Yeah. And it it gets difficult only in the sense that it it turns into this whole thing where it's like, no, these, like I had to talk to my job a few months after being here. I was like, no, these are the days that I can work. That's it. Right. There's no, that doesn't work. I'll find a new job. Yep. There's a lot of restaurants in New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's not that difficult. No, no, no. It's not like you're working the one restaurant. Yeah. You, you, it's yeah. well in Jacksonville there was only like three really nice restaurants. <laughs> right. So it was like, oh, if you get fired from one, they right. talk to the other one. Of course. But in New York it's not like that. <laughs> I wanted to get into some of these stories. So Sure. We did mention how uh, you do have uh, panic attacks and anxiety and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. You had sent me a list. One of them just says panic attack at hotel. So so I did this is while I still lived upstate. I uh, did a hotel gig. Um, what do you mean, like in the ballroom? Something like I think, yeah, yeah, because like we conference, we, yeah, no, not conference room, but yeah, that kind of banquet room yeah. like thing. And uh, there's so many of those in Florida. Oh yeah, well that's what the, any scene like that. Yeah, Syracuse. I think it's similar, like yeah. Elks Lodges. That yeah, kind of stuff. I was oh, yeah. doing all that stuff, firehouses, and uh, I was with. There was this guy that would book me on these great. Sh- they were always great shows. Danny Liberto, and and shout uh, out Danny. Danny, I, and uh, he was a Rochester area guy. And it it would always be a showcase type show. It wouldn't be a three man show. It'd, it'd be maybe four or five. I uh, have four guys usually. And uh, we get there and, and we're doing the show. And Danny's a weed guy, and uh, I'm like. I'm staying the night here, and uh, I'll do. I'll 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 smoke some with uh, with Danny and the comics. I liked all of them. I wasn't going anywhere, and yeah. I'm like, oh, it's, I haven't seen these guys. Let's do it. And uh, this is after my set, and uh, and then there's these. I, I was in a relationship at the time. There was these girls there 
that and everybody else was single all the other comics so i was like all right you guys do your flirting yeah. whatever uh and I, and me and another comic we were nerding out about comedy at the bar so i had one beer and i had a couple hits of of pot and uh it's late and the flirting is getting louder like the the girls and the guys are drunker, yeah, and they're they're all you know chatting up each other and whatever. But then the the one girl gets super drunk or whatever, and she's getting louder, and I'm my anxiety's perking up. Yeah, I didn't know I had anxiety at this point. Oh, really? I did not know. I didn't know what there was a name for what I yeah. was like. The fact that and you were always worried. All always the time. worried. And and now I'm starting to, and I have a thing with authority. So I'm like, all right, we got to keep it down. And we're still at a hotel. We're at a place where yeah. people can tell us to shut up. And they, and I'm like, all right, let's go. I'm going to go back to my room. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. And the party, if you want to call it that, moves towards the rooms and the hall and we pass the desk and one of the girls runs over to the desk and starts ringing the bell. Oh no. And this is making my anxiety. Yeah. And I, and that got me, I'm like, I got to get to my room and I get to my room and there's another comic. I think we were saying, say sharing a room and, uh, and I'm like, I got to sit down on the bed and then they're running up and down the hall. Like, uh. there's, like, this weird flirting I've ne- I haven't seen before. I'm like, this is what road, fl- like, I-, I don't go out and try to get laid on the road. Yeah, me neither, I'm like, yeah. so this is what that is? I'm like, this is anxious. This is terrible. This is terrible and anxiety-inducing for someone that's not even invested. Yeah. And they're running up and down the hall, joking around and whatever. And I heard a guy, and I'm sitting down at this point. I'm like, I need to sit. And I hear a guy yell, shut up. And it's like 2 a.m. or whatever. And once that happened, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, something's going on with me. And this is my first panic attack. I find, I know now. Yeah. And my I. It's the worst. It was, And it was my worst one because I started to have uh the worst chest pains I've ever had in my life and it felt like I was being stabbed. You can't breathe. Yeah. I couldn't breathe and I really was jump like f- fully like just flinching like I was being stabbed. I can't I've never had anything like it since, but I've had panic attacks since, but nothing this bad. And I was like to the other comic and I'm 23 at this time. I go I can't believe I'm gonna say you have to you have to call nine one one. And he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "I'm I'm having a heart attack." Yeah, because that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, I'm like, I'm definitely having a heart attack. And I remember nine one one not caring at all. Really? <laughs> they were not sensitive about it. They they were like, clearly whatever, blah blah blah. But then the ambulance shows up. So they did show up. They did show up, and they got the gurney thing. Yeah, stretcher, and, yeah. And uh, I uh, remember that they came to the, the hotel room, and I was I saw them, and I didn't feel high or drunk. So, But I'm like, I'm maybe something's in my system, whatever. Uh and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm embarrassed. I'm gonna walk over to them. I'm embarrassed. And I remember walking to the stretcher. <laughs> Clearly, don't need the stretcher. 
I remember. <laughs> There's no need for the stretcher at all. That's I the best line. I'm embarrassed. And I walk over and I get in, and then they put me in the back of the ambulance. So and you just walked into the ambulance? I walked into the stretcher. I'm like, well, they brought it all the way here. I guess I'll get on. <laughs> you know, I was. It's so dumb. They put me in the back of the ambulance, and one guy's really nice. They were good cop, bad copping me, which I thought was interesting. The EMTs were good cop, bad copping. Yes. And one guy goes, hey, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. You're all right. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take care of you. Did and they know you? Were, they could tell you were having a panic attack? I don't know at this okay. point. And then the other guy goes, what are you on? What'd you take? And I'm like, I had one, and I'm over, tw- I'm 23, so I'm legally yeah. had one beer in my system, and I'm like, and I had some pot. And he's like, you took something else, and you have to tell me right now so I know how to take care of you. I'm like, I swear to God, I'm not on anything else. He's like, your heart rate is unbelievable. You PCP have- or Coke, or he thought it was something like he that. He thought I was like really on a lot of stuff. And I'm like, I swear I'm not on anything, and, he- and this isn't helping whatever this <laughs> this is. And then um, just making it worse. Yeah, and they they got they're poking me with needles and whatever. And then we take the ambulance ride over, and then I get to the hospital. They have me pee in a thing, and then I remember just laying down and passing out. Yeah. And then I wake up the next morning in that same spot, and then I remember just getting up and being like, "Not good." And then I got a cab to my car. Oh, really? And then. To, drove drove home, got a doctor's appointment, and the doctor was like, uh, "So I I have all your your tests here. You had from the hospital from the hospital. He's like, you had no weed in your system, and you and uh, I see nothing wrong with you. And I, I was like, but I don't understand. I felt like I was dying, and I'm like, I and I'm not being over dramatic. I'm like." Stabbing, remember? Yeah, nine one one. Yeah, nine one one. Yeah, and uh, he's like, uh, "Well, you have anxiety." I remember him saying it so matter of fact. He was like, "So you have anxiety," and then it was like back to something else. And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa. what's this thing what's we're the, talking yeah. about?" And he's like, "Yeah, it was probably a panic attack, and uh, th- that's all." And then that's when that's all. Yeah, you thought you were dying, and the doctor just they, brushed it off as, "Yeah, that's all." I. I I came, I'm from, you know, Syracuse is, is uh, maybe it's not Syracuse, but I, I, it's a blue collar area. I don't think, and this was 2016, I don't think, anxiety's talked way more about now. And I, not that it wasn't back then, but I, I still feel like mental health is still a little bit behind. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they did not, they couldn't care and. That's when that's where all my anxiety material came from was trying to figure out what the hell happened that night. And oh, then, really? And then learning all this about myself. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting you bring up the some people just in some places. It's just kind of one of those things where mental health isn't like I got the scars all over my body to prove it. From yeah, when I used to hurt myself and stuff because yeah. I I didn't know I had this weird feeling inside where I was always terrified and I yeah. couldn't figure out what it was from. Of course. And then you match that with the depression and I was like, I don't know. That's one of the reasons I fell in love with comedy was because I'll never forget. Tom Rhodes was one of the, his first comedy central presents mm-hmm. God, 20 years ago. That was one of the first ones I ever saw. Yeah. And I remember watching it and laughing and I was like, wait, before I turn this on, I wanted to die. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm laughing. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, Oh, the power of stand up is insane. 
Yeah, El- Ellen was that for me. Yeah, that's what you were saying earlier. Yeah. But and that's one of those things where people just don't talk about when when I was a kid because I'm older than you. But when I was a kid, and I'm sure you experienced this too, growing up in a blue collar kind of town. It's just you didn't shut up. Just shut yeah. up and do your job. Yeah, like it, my dad used to always say, and he would say it as like a joking way, but it, it still holds true to this day. It was you know. You want to cry? I can give you something to cry about. Yeah, which is just one of those mentalities of because he grew up in a blue collar, you know, community. Mm-hmm. His dad was a Green Beret, so he grew up in that kind right, of very right. rough environment. Right, and he would always say it like tongue in cheek, like as a joke. But that that's like a real thing. Yeah, and you know, and so how do you do? You, do you take anything now, or how do you manage the anxiety now? I go to therapy, and uh, I love it. I love therapy. And I uh, exercise, um, and uh, I was med—I meditate occasionally. I'm trying to. I am. I one. I I've had to learn to not be as hard on myself. Yeah, that's something I'm still trying to. It's a it's a practice at therapy term. It's it's never. It's not a switch, you know. Yeah. We have to. So I and I've done that with all forms of my life, and it's still. A practice. I'm still working on it, but it's like uh, with my writing, I am uh, nicer to myself when I'm creating. When I uh, am trying to introduce exercise into my routine, I'm nicer about it and easier on myself with it. Instead of being like, "Okay, seven days a week, tw- yeah. uh, forty minutes." Every day, you don't miss a day, that kind of thing. It's like that's not conducive with anxiety. It actually creates more than it alleviates. So it's um Which is something I'm familiar with. Yes. Because I power lift. But if I Oh miss, man. If I miss I go to the gym six days a week, but like I wasn't feeling great yesterday. Yeah. And I still went to the gym and I was like achy and not feeling awesome. And I was yeah. like, No, you gotta go. You gotta right. go. And it made it worse. Like right. I was like, I don't wanna be here. Right. Like I should just go home and lay down. And yeah. I was like, nope, gotta do it. And that's, yeah. It has the opposite. Everyone's like, yeah, work out. It's good for anxiety. I'm like, it has the opposite effect for it, me. It, it's, yeah, it's it's really different for everybody. And it, it's just figuring out what works for you in steps. And uh, and not, like, uh, I think Joe Zimmerman told me this. Or I think I heard this about him. There's a checklist of things that you need to be a human being. Yeah. And it's different for everybody. But you know, your typical water, uh sleep, exercise and whatever it is that makes you like for us it's writing or yeah. or stage time, that kind of stuff. And it's not that hard to get them all in and and uh if it is hard for you, you know, you can take it down a notch and take care of yourself. So yeah. it's I guess it's just Listening to yourself, if that makes any sense. Your no, body. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's one of those things where, you know, if you're not feeling great, just stay home and don't yeah. kill yourself for staying. Like, don't beat yourself up for staying yeah. home. Yeah. Uh, you did mention uh, you're being easier on yourself in the uh, creative process. You're trying to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did write writing with whiskey. Oh, God. Okay. So I started. Speaking of writing. So I started at the club Syracuse Funny Bone and. Big anxiety of wanting to fit in. And this is when you're 20? Yeah. 21, 20. I must have been 21 on this because the man, the booker really liked me and was helping me and, and having me host 
and he was really nurturing me. Burt Borth, he was, I think he used to do stand-up. Yeah, he used to do stand-up, but then he got into more of the managing and, and the club stuff. And he would have a glass of whiskey at the bar and talk to me about comedy. And it was Woodford Reserve. Yeah. And he would pour me a glass and I'd ha- just sip it and talk to him about stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is fun. Like, this is comedy. Yeah. And then I bought a bottle and was like, I'll, ha- I'll have a sip of it while I write. Yeah. This is this all is, working together. Yeah. And then I woke up. <laughs> In <laughs> in my bed, being like, huh, I feel like crap. Yeah. And I get in the hall and I, to go to the bathroom, and my mom is there, and my mom goes, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, why? And she's like, do you remember anything? And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, <laughs> you couldn't stop vomiting. And we went to take you to urgent care because you were you just couldn't stop, and it was closed. So we brought you back, tried to nurse you or whatever, and then uh, you're alive. So that, that were, so what happened? You just kept drinking while you I were was, writing. I was writing and I was sipping it, and, and I must have lost track. You weren't paying attention. I wasn't trying to get drunk or anything. I just thought, oh, this is what a writer does. Yeah. And then uh, you ended up giving yourself almost alcohol poisoning. Yeah. I think I did, or you know, cl- cl- very close. Yeah, well, I've had it three times, and one of the symptoms is the, the uncontrollable vomiting. Yeah, like you just can't stop. Yeah, like the second you drink water, you throw it back up. It's because your body's trying to reject everything in the system. And uh, you, g- <laughs> you gave yourself alcohol poisoning. Just trying to be a better comedian. <laughs> I wasn't. E- I wasn't sad. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't partying. I was truly just trying to be funny <laughs> uh, and uh, blacked out in the most embarrassing way. Yeah, the most unsuspecting, not crazy cool kind of way. Horrible. Oh, man. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> so embarrassing. It's, uh Well, shouts out to mom and dad. Mom sure and dad are the listening. best. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of embarrassing, I'm assuming this is embarrassing because it, it has work in the title, but you put work party on here. I wanted to talk about that. So I- uh, Was I, this what, the grocery store? Yeah. I worked at the grocery store and I got invited to this work party. Like a, a part, uh, it wasn't a work party, but it was everybody from work. Yeah. And this is when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe 19, okay. 20. So this is my first time drinking really- Okay, I, so this is the first time you actually like went out and. This is my to... first time that I. Well, maybe there was an incident before, like a couple, like parties before that, but this was the first one that wasn't. So you weren't a big partier in high school. You weren't like a go out rage kind of guy. No, no. Yeah, me neither. I, I was a nerd, nerd, and I was a funny guy, but I wasn't a, a popular guy. Yeah, I, I was in the middle. I, which is where I wanted to be. I was safe from everything. Just close enough. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then uh, I get invited to this work party, and they're mixing drinks, and I'm just whatever they hand me. Yeah. Because I don't know anything. <laughs> I still don't, but I now know about this. So they handed me drinks. I'm just drinking with the, the work people. And then I wake up. Oh, not again. Yeah, this is the, one of the first blackouts. And this is why I don't really go as crazy anymore. Um 
But I woke up and my friend, whose house it was, was in bed and under the covers. And I was, so he's, we're like, I'm over his body ver, uh, horizontally. Yeah. So I'm, sp- I'm like a blanket over his legs Got at it. the foot of the bed. And uh, he has penises drawn all over his face. <laughs> and at the, near my hands is a marker. And uh, I'm like, oh my god! I'm waking up. I'm like, did I? I drew this. I drew penises all over this guy's face, and I and I'm like, all right, I gotta get out of here. And uh, I go down the stairs, and his mom is coming up the stairs. Oh no! As I'm com- going down, and I'm like, hello, and she goes hi, and I'm like, oh god. Were they there? Were they present for the party? She was there, I all think. Right. But you know, just to make sure nobody died. Right. Yeah. And then uh, I find out that at one point during my blackout state, I was in the kitchen by myself, and her his mom walked in, and she was like, hey, you okay? And I went, shut up, and ran out of the room <laughs> and ran into their bathroom and took out their shower curtain oh, and no. just fell into the tub, like, covered in the shower curtain. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then- uh, uh, somehow got into that uh, bed sprawled out thing, and uh, she would come to the grocery store. She shopped at the one that I worked at, and would come by. I worked at the service desk, and would come by and uh, tease me because she knew I was mortified. Yeah, and she would just come and look at me and go, "Shut up!" And <laughs> it was funny, and it's still funny. But I was like, "Oh my god, I suck! I'm an idiot." Do you still talk to that friend? Yeah. Once in a while, and uh, but yeah, I, 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 that was an embarrassing time. God, that's so you were never a big because uh, I wasn't, I was the same way. I wasn't like a big part, I was unpopular. Like, I was funny in the moment, like mm-hmm. in class and stuff, but I didn't have like a ton of friends that I hung out with after school. Yeah, so I never really did the party thing. I didn't either. I'm glad I didn't. I mean, even there, this is that story is a perfect example of, and the whiskey one too. I had an issue of doing it just to fit in yeah and uh now i'll have like now it's more of a i can say no to alcohol and uh i I don't drink a lot and when but when i do it's when i'm around people that i love and i'm like okay let's Let's have a couple let's have a couple and i just i'm working i'm pretty good at it now of this is the line yeah and as i get old older i'm like i don't mind even bringing it closer to uh, me as far as like one's enough. Oh yeah. To f- have a good time, enjoy the company. I am not trying to feel anything the next day of this. Night, yeah. You're not you trying know? to wake up like hurting. I really don't want my night bleeding into my day. Yeah. And that's something that I've, I discovered as I got older, you know, I got sober the last time because I almost died. Right. Um, and it was a whole thing. And, you know, hospitals and doctors and ERs. and Man. Um, but the one thing I, I – I miss it a lot of the time. Not – I shouldn't say a lot. That sounds bad. But, like, I miss the lifestyle. Of course. I don't miss the, the, the sickness and I don't miss the hangovers and stuff. But I do miss, like – Sometimes I go to the stand and I, I have no desire to drink because mm-hmm. I know what it does to me. Yeah. Um, and I, the thing my sponsor always says is you can't, 
The people who say, oh, I, I can't drink because I know what's going to happen, those people will drink again. I don't drink because I have no fucking idea what's going to oh, happen. Oh, wow. So that's why I don't anymore, and I don't have the desire to drink. But when I go to the stand or, like, the cellar and hang out, and I see everyone's, like, having a great time and stuff, there's a part of me that's, like, envious. Because I'm like, man, I wish I could have, like, one or two drinks. Sure. And, like, yeah, we're just having a good time. Right. Because that's a... There are a lot of comics who don't drink anymore who are completely sober like I am. But then there's also comics, you know, who love to party. Like yeah. still. And I'm sure, you know, you're obviously much more embedded in the the New York comedy community than I am. So mm -hmm. I'm sure you've been in situations where you're all hanging out and everyone's like, Well, let's get fucked up. Do you are you just like, Yeah, I'm I'm all right. Well, what I'm learning is like I don't get me wrong, I'll still have like my girlfriend is a hilarious comic, Caitlin Palufo. Very funny. She's yeah. gonna come on the show. We're gonna get her on. Yes, soon. Uh, check her out, everybody. But her and I will. Her and I will have a bunch of drinks, and that's like what, whatever. We don't get. We're not like let's get screw. Like let's go crazy tonight. Yeah, because losing the next day, like you said, is, we, is the worst. Her and I are workaholics. Uh, you know that means more to us than anything. But like. We I love to unwind with my girlfriend and have a drink. Yeah. I love to unwind with comedians on the road with some drinks and, and tell stories and, and everything. But I can I'm proud of the fact that I I don't feel like it is the fuel to a hang. Yeah, like those hangs you're talking about. I think there's a lot of those that are sober. That yeah, like, and that, I mean I've yeah, and I've experienced those, those for sure. Like uh, I was at. I, like uh, Greg Stone and Sam Evans are are good friends of mine, and we were hanging at the cellar the other night, and it it's just what it's just like tap water and yeah. and what I mean the cellar doesn't give tap water but you know it's like you're for me I think it's the energy of of is uh, cliche as it is of New York City comedy. Comedy in New York City, like yeah. it's it's just that's an energy of itself that gives me all of us enough of a buzz. That's true. Now that you, because as we're talking about it, I've because I go to the stand or the cellar like three or four times a night, mm -hmm. or excuse me, three or four times a week. Yeah. So it's one of those things where very it does happen, but it's rare when I'm like, oh man, I wish I could have a couple of drinks. Yeah. But the other 90% of the time, we're having a great hang and yeah. we're all just hanging out. Yeah. Because you're right. It is one of those things where the more we're sitting around talking shit about, you know, people or bookers or right. clubs or just uh, just talking comedy. It yeah. becomes like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. I I, I also think it it's not conducive to a, a hang when one person's drunk. Yeah. So I think that is where that can start is like. Are we doing this or are we not? Yeah, that's that's when I'm the only sober person, I think, is when it like clicks that's in hard. my head where I'm like, oh, well, I, now it's not as much fun as it would be. I understand that. I, I prefer to I'm I'm as I'm getting I'm I'm 29. But yeah. like as I'm getting older, I'm like getting up there, man. I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I I think I like this. I prefer more sober hangs through my week than anything. And I'm trying to just say Save the drinking ones for it's like I was in Atlanta with a bunch of, it worked like a couple weekends ago and it just worked out that a bunch of my friends were comedy friends were there yeah, at the same time. Yeah, they were doing that competition a couple of weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. And uh my buddy I had some friends opening for other comics there. I was there opening for Regan. We all met at a bar and just had a couple drinks. 
It's like, well, this is fun. Yeah. We're all together. This is In not going to happen city, a lot. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah. So that kind of stuff I, is, I'll, let's do it. Yeah. But uh, in New York, I, I'm rarely having drinks. Yeah. And that's the one uh, interesting thing about it because most comics, especially now, it's not like the 70s and 80s where people were just doing coke and yeah. getting fucked up all the time. Like people take it real serious. Yeah. And especially the, obviously there's a correlation between the more successful you are, the more serious you take it. Yeah. Because like they're, they'll maybe have like one or two drinks and you can tell the comics who like get fucking wasted. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, you kind of ruined the whole show. Like, <laughs> right. Right. You got up there and acted like an asshole. I can't, my anxiety can't, and that, I won't. Yeah. My hangovers are anx- anxious ones. Yeah. They're social. So it's like the next day it's like a, press release of apologies to everyone I saw that night yeah. if I got too drunk. And, and it's like, I can't, I can't live the, like that. Yeah. And also I write in the morning. So I lose a day of writing if I am hung over. Yeah. Because you're just not going to do right. it. So all my stuff's done in the, in the morning yeah. and I lose all of it. God, I didn't even think about that. We're coming to the end. Tell us, uh, tell everybody again. Uh, about the album, the podcast, the whole thing. Oh, sure. We're going to pivot. Uh, and uh, Don't okay. drink, kids. All right, yeah. here we go. Oh, yeah. Well, quick thing on the- No, keep going, uh, yeah. A positive drinking thing, or a positive on non-drinking. When I did Colbert, we went to a bar after, like, you all go to this one bar after. Yeah. And everyone that came to the show was there. And I remember I had one beer. Wait, which bar? So- there's Say a bar again. near so, the Ed Sullivan Theater. Okay, so it, after Colbert, everybody goes? At least we back then, because yeah. it used to be a showcase. I okay. think it's back to single people doing yeah. it. But it used to be a showcase, so all the comics would go over there. Okay. And the booker and the families and the friends of those Oh, wow, so it was like a comics. whole thing. It was a big hang. Yeah. And I remember uh, having, I had one beer. And think, and then I'm at the bar, and I'm like, oh, I'm ha- I'm hammered. Really? Thinking I'm hammered. And it turns out I was just happy. Yeah, just having a good time. I was just having a good time because I, I just accomplished this huge dream. So it's like that adrenaline and that feeling is like you think as a young comic, you have to be having drinks in order to feel like, wow, I'm doing comedy. It's like, no, you, you'll yeah. be fine. You don't need it. Yeah. Well, it's true, too. Like you yeah. go up and have a great set. You're that, like, that's man, enough. that's it. That's it's all I need. truly enough. And that's where a lot of those problems come is we were like, oh, we got to keep it going. And yeah. That's where that. Well, and that's so I used to. I remember the first time I, we were talking about it earlier, but the first time I ever did an open mic, I was so nervous that yeah. I just kept drinking and yeah, drinking. Yeah, it's a but big my thing. anxiety pushed through it. Right. My anxiety was like, no, 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 no. You're gonna stay nervous. Like I don't oh, care how much you drink, wow, you're yeah. going to be nervous. Right. And I got on stage, and then it was this weird, like almost in a because I kept drinking because my anxiety wasn't going away. I was almost in this weird, like comatose state where I was just like, hey, how, yeah. how you doing? And then I remember when I lived in Oklahoma City and I was still drinking, I would like run the light at open oh, mics. Oh, God. Yeah. And I'd do an Arnold impression for yeah. like 12 minutes. It's a five minute mic. And I do Arnold for like 12 minutes. Oh, my and God. And I was a bigger dude. So no one would like pull me off the stage. They'd just be like, what the fuck? Right. And it, it got it got bad. And then coming to New York and stuff, it's, it's weird. It's exactly what you're saying. It's like you have a couple good sets and you're like, oh, like I don't, this nah, is more yeah. fun than anything it's I've ever done. The best feeling ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to make, I'm, I'm, yeah, that I wanted to say that. Uh, anyways, <laughs> my album. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, 
I uh, did you? I I want to. You did the title as a joke, right? The title's a joke. The title is a. Is, is it a, in a joke? It is in a joke. Okay. Uh, but the so it's called Stephen Rogers before he was super. The obvious joke is I have the same name as Captain America, so it it works out that way. Before he was super. Before he was super. But the thing for me is uh, also a little Marvel DC slight. Yeah. I don't uh, know if you meant to do that, but oh, Superman is DC. Yeah, Stephen Rogers is. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Marvel. Well, uh, my big thing with with the title was uh, it's my first album, and I can they can say, uh, oh, have you heard his first one? It's before he was super, <laughs> and I like that as well. So, anyways, I thought it was a lot when you told me the title. I was uh, like, this is a great self-deprecating. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, it's Steven Rogers before he was super. It will be on my YouTube channel, Steven Rogers Comedy. Do you have, um when you say on the YouTube channel, did you shoot it? Like, I shot camera it. Shot? So it's yeah. a special. It's not an album. It's a special. Yeah, I, I have a hard time saying that word yeah. uh, about it. But yes, it is a special. You love it, though. I, I, it's I a do special. Love it. It's a special. Here we go. Uh, Steven Rogers <laughs> special coming out. Yeah, and uh, album on Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff. Just, uh, it will be all in my bios of every social media will be on my website you won't be able to miss it uh steven rogers comedy on uh uh instagram steven rogers comedy.com uh all that stuff do the podcast one more time plug uh, that. panic attacking podcast it's uh so fun comes out every monday andrew chavone's hilarious it's really fun we have a good chemistry it's about anxiety if anybody here has listening has anxiety everybody listening it's great it's a great podcast that's for my it. main demographic yeah, that, perfect Dudes who are anxious and fucking trying to not drink. <laughs> um, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you, Stephen, for thank coming you for on, having man. Me. I really appreciate it, man. Uh, Brennan T. Comedy on all social media. Thank God I got that handle <laughs> 12 years ago. Uh, BrennanTComedy.com. Uh, check out dates. I'll be in Ohio next month. All uh, right. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Cool. We'll talk to you all next week.